Welcome to Bioethics On Air, the program that brings you thoughtful, in-depth commentary on ethics at the crossroads of science, medicine, and daily life. I'm Joe Zaylot, your host. We are a broadcast of the National Catholic Bioethics Center in Philadelphia. This is the second of a two-part interview with Jenny Ingalls, Director of Fertility and Life Ministries for the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan. Our topic is Natural Family Planning, or NFP. In part one of the interview, Jenny told us how she came into the Catholic faith, in part through the Church's teachings on NFP. She then offered an overview of her work at the diocese and spoke about the impact of this work on her ever-developing faith. In this part of the interview, Jenny discusses what NFP is and its effectiveness in relation to hormonal and barrier contraception. She then speaks about how NFP is being promoted and implemented within the Diocese of Lansing and how people are receiving or not receiving the church's message. She concludes by responding to some of the common critiques leveled against natural family planning. All right, so let's, I I was wondering if you could, for some of our listeners who may not be as familiar with natural family planning or NFP as we refer to it, I was wondering if you could speak briefly about what NFP is, what the science behind modern day NFP. Now we're not talking 1984, we're talking 2021. Um, so some of the science behind modern NFP methods and, and what medical and scientific data tells us about the effectiveness of NFP. Sure. Um, a lot there, I know. That is a huge question, right? So (laughs) in its essence, natural family planning is working with, um, your God given biological fertility. So, Men are always fertile. Women are, for the most part, infertile, not meaning like infertiles can never get pregnant, just for a period of time can't get pregnant. So working with God, the couple and God um, really prayerfully discern when they should be having children and time their sexual activities around the natural um, course of a woman being able to get pregnant is really the, the baseline kind of elevator pitch for what natural family planning is. Now, if you get into the the real technicalities of it, it's far more complicated. Um, but I, I like to compare that because right now you see a really large growing secular movement of what they call green sex or organic sex. And it's this understanding in the secular world, which is good, that contraception is bad. Um, unfortunately, what tends to happen is um, we have all these apps and we have all these different things um, disregarding uh, whether or not those are actually effective in avoiding pregnancy is one thing, but they come at the mindset of um, of the same mindset that the pill uses, that fertility is bad and we're avoiding it. And so from that standpoint, I don't think it's such a good movement because they take God out of the natural family planning. Hmm. So, I'm going to actually ask you about that a little more. Sure, because go ahead. And, and- and this is actually a question I was going to ask a little bit later, but since you brought it up about the apps and the websites and all these things going on, I was, I, I was, I've heard people or, or heard people talk and mention that in one way you could almost say that NFP is, is it, it's appearing to sort of indirectly be gaining favor in our culture because of, you know, the increase of these apps to track fertility. And, but you seem to be saying something different. And I'm just wondering if you'd speak a little bit more about that. Well, I think it is gaining favor in the understanding that it's a natural method. So you have, um, and these these are estimates are going to be a little old, 2018, but in 2018, April of 2018, there were approximately 1,500 apps wow. out there, right? Most of them the rhythm method, which is the old m- method that was not so effective at avoiding pregnancy. 
Um, and then, and you have approximately 24% as of 2018, 24% of women 25 and younger using some form of fertility tracking, whether they're sexually active or not. So in that regard, it is becoming more favorable. Um, one of the components that I think really um, Catholics need to be aware of is that a lot of these apps are created. So like one of the most popular apps is actually developed by Planned Parenthood. Um, and so there's a lot of apps that they are actually geared toward kind of this anti-life, anti-fertility um, philosophy. So you're, you'll enter a period of fertility and the app will pop up with a recommendation that'll say something like, um, don't forget to use your protection, referring yep. to barrier methods, or right. it'll notice there's apps that can track when you've had sex and it'll say, oh, by the way, um, you could be fertile and then give you an ad for plan B contraceptives. Uh, got it. Okay. So yes, I think natural methods are gaining favor um, in contrast to hormonal methods, but from a philosophical standpoint, I, I would be hesitant to say that that's true. Are there any apps, any of these types of apps that you would recommend to people? Um, yes. Um, so naturalwomanhood.com, which is a, a secular place, they have, I think they work with factsaboutfertility.org, but they have um, an annual ranking of apps that will tell you what method they use to, to predict fertility. So any of the methods that use the rhythm method would be out, right? Now, they don't actually rank based off of the philosophical underpinnings, and there are very few that I would recommend based off of that. So, like, I at one point downloaded the 12 most popular apps on my phone and used them for six months. It was crazy. Like, I thought my head was going to explode. <laughs> and there was literally... Loved that one. It, it was horrible. I'm like, I'll be gone for 45 minutes. I've got to track my period, you know? <laughs> like, what the heck is happening? But it gave me some insight into what our young girls are seeing and what our couples are seeing. And in reality, um, I think there was really only one app besides the ones that are actually created by the different methods. So like each, so Marquette method, Billings, um, Creighton, uh, Femme is, um, not Femme, but, uh, goodness, I can't even think of some other ones. They all have their own apps they use. The Femme app is the only one that's secular that also is not philosophically contradictory to Catholic faith. So that would be the only one that was secular of the 12 most popular that I downloaded in 2019 that did not directly in some way contradict our understanding of the human person and human sexuality. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's get back on the, on the question. So we were talking a little bit about what NFP is, and, and I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about the science. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, also about the effectiveness of NFP when, when it is practiced uh, correctly by married couples. Yeah, um, I think the first thing to keep in mind when looking at the science of NFP is that natural family planning is just that. It's actual true family planning. And so you have to kind of parcel out um, when you're looking at the science, the effectiveness for avoiding pregnancy and the effectiveness for achieving pregnancy. So it looks at both. So when we're talking about um, the science behind it, just in general, the science is so much different than it was in 1968 when Humanae Vitae came out. 
So like in 1968, we were dealing with the rhythm method that assumed that all women had 28 day cycles and ovulated on day 14, which we know now is totally not (laughs) Not accurate, not accurate at all. Um, I joke that any woman who has ever had a cycle knows that's not true. So so, um, these new methods, depending on the method, will track various hormones. So there's three major hormone players in the body that depending on the method you're using, will be tracked, um, being estrogen, luteinizing hormone, and progesterone, and can track these these hormones with very good effectiveness, um, either using basal body temperature or urinary hormones um, or cervical mucus or all these different, basically what we call biomarkers, so symptoms of fertility. And the theoretical effectiveness in these is 99%. I always like to distinguish between theoretical effectiveness and actual use effectiveness. Um, Theoretical effectiveness is if you never get sick, if you never miss a day of charting or taking the pill or whatever you're talking about, because this goes for contraceptives and and, uh, natural family planning, if you never are extra tired, if you never have a glass of wine, if you don't do any of those things, this will work for you. In other words, if you're if you're at home during COVID doing nothing, that this is where it would work. And that's assuming you don't have wine, Joe. Yeah, well, okay, all right, forget it. (laughs) Right, and that you didn't sleep in. So assuming that none of those things happened, you can uh, expect a theoretical effectiveness of this. The other is what's called actual use or typical use effectiveness rate. And that means if you're a human being, you can expect it to be this effective at avoiding pregnancy. And so um one of the things that's kind of tricky is that everybody thinks that hormonal contraceptives are 99% effective, totally foolproof. You can never get pregnant. The reality is that the the true effectiveness rate of even the birth control pill, depending on which pill, is between 90 and 92% effective. Um, so they have what's called a failure rate of 8 to 10%. Now, I don't think babies are failures, so I don't really like that term, but that's right. the scientific term for it is a failure rate because it failed to do what it was supposed to do. And so... Um, When you put that in contrast to the natural family planning methods, which the least effective natural family planning method um, with actual use effectiveness is 93%, you still have natural family planning that is more effective than the average birth control pill. Absolutely. And kind of the second follow-up question that you were asking on that um, in regard to the effectiveness rate would be the effectiveness rate of getting pregnant. Right. So if you have a normal fertility couple in six months of using a natural family planning method to get pregnant, they should have about a 95 percent effectiveness rate in achieving pregnancy. And so where the secular world would make a couple wait um, one year and usually two miscarriages before they'll assess for infertility, natural family planning is really on top of it pretty quickly within three to six cycles. I'm wondering, as you were speaking about uh, the effectiveness rate of NFP versus hormonal uh, methods of contraception, I'm wondering, I'm just wondering, what is the, how does NFP stack up against barrier methods, particularly condoms? I'm just curious if if you know that off the top of your head. Yeah, so condoms really have a wide range of effectiveness. Um, Condoms are interesting because the way that condoms are, um, are, I guess, analyzed is they analyze the the 
use effectiveness over the course of an entire cycle. So let's pretend a woman has a 28-day cycle. What they'll do is they will look at all 28 days, when in reality, she's probably only fertile for about six days. So it's skewed right then and there because it's already giving the condom, you know, uh, a pretty good ranking um, as far as not getting pregnant. Now, depending on the condom, they can rank anywhere from 60% effective at avoiding pregnancy, which is what wow. they're intended to do, all the way up to about 80, 85%. Hmm. Which isn't so, very good. No, it's not very good. Really, like um, natural family planning is far more effective at avoiding pregnancy, which is why when I've, I've had couples that are like, oh, yeah, we use natural family planning, but whenever she's fertile, we just use a condom. I kind of go, ah. <laughs> like, number one, that's morally not really cool. And number right. two, um, you're really setting yourself up for an unintended pregnancy. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Well, thank you for that. What, Jenny, what, miscon- what misconceptions, I, I, actually, I love using that word when we're talking about fertility. I, I always, <laughs> when, I, when I was teaching, I used, to, I used to always throw that in whenever we were talking about issues of contraception and birth control. But anyway, um, what misconceptions or other incorrect information about NFP would you like to, to clarify for our audience? Oh goodness, there's so much. Um, <laughs> really, we I have think, all day. I think there there are some big ones, and one of the big ones is that the Catholic Church teaches that you have to have as many children as physically possible. Oh yes, yes, I've heard that um, many times. Yeah, my my husband and I are expecting baby number four, and when we announced it yeah. to his family, his brother goes, "You're officially Catholic. Congratulations!" <laughs> right? It's like, oh, okay. Well, we were before, but that's cool. Um, well, congratulations on. Um, <laughs> thank you, on thank you. Um, but yeah. The, the church does not teach that. And in fact, in, um, in Humani Vitae, the, um, Pope Paul VI makes it very clear that uh, we have to be discerning parents, really responsible, conscious parents, depending on how you would like to um, translate it. And um, that means prayerfully. So this is the key to NFP, prayerfully as a couple taking to God all of the different things you have going on, Um, you know, financial, emotional, physical, other people in the family, those sorts of things um, in discerning your family size. So that would be the very first one I always like to say is, no, the Catholic Church does not teach that just because you can have a baby, you have to have a baby. Another kind of misconception about natural family planning is depending on who you're talking to and which group of people is that it is Catholic contraceptives, right? So, oh yes, hear that as well. Yeah. So, uh, what's the difference between a condom and NFP? You're doing the same thing. Um, in reality, like they're so very different. This is where I. This is it's this basic concept of um, of this being Catholic contraceptive that I take caution with when people are saying, oh, isn't it great that the secular world is using NFP? Because no, they're not. They're using organic contraceptives. Got it. Okay. Right. And that's, that's a really good distinction. I'm, I'm actually really glad you made that. Yeah. Where when you're using natural family planning and you're discerning God's plan for your family, you're taking into account the way that God made you as a person. So God has made the woman where she can't always get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And because she can't always get pregnant, you, um, every sexual act does not always end with a conception. And even if you're trying to get pregnant, not every sexual act ends with a conception. And that is by God's good design. So really, if you're using natural family planning, then you're using it the way that God has intended it to be used. If you're not using it with God in mind, then you're using organic contraceptives. Very good. Very good. 
And then I guess, um, you know, there's, there's other things about um, natural family p- planning that people tend to uh, disagree with or that they, they find hard and difficult, um, and that is that it's not effective. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the rhythm method. You know, my grandmother or my great aunt used natural family planning and she had 15 unplanned pregnancies. Um, and why would I want to do that? And so the reality is that it's not effective if you look at um, those rare cases. It's also not effective at avoiding pregnancy, like not as effective if you look and use the rhythm method, which is why another reason I caution against apps, because most of them are the rhythm method. Um, But if you're using up-to-date natural family planning and you didn't wing it and learn it on your own and you actually learned it from someone who's certified, then it's effective. There are a lot of couples who come to me and they'll they'll lament or be angry with natural family planning and come to find out they never actually learned it. They just went onto a web forum, Facebook, wherever, and got, you know, kind of piecemealed together what they thought they were learning and it and it didn't work out. So um in those (laughs) yeah, in those cases, yeah, it's not effective. But if you're learning it and you're learning it well, then it's it can be effective at avoiding. And also, I mean, and again, this isn't so much in a misconception or incorrect information, but you you touched on it when you were talking about NFP as couples who are prayerfully discerning what God's will for them. I mean, one, one of the benefits of NFP is that communication and that bringing couples closer together and, and, and seeing the whole question of fertility as being a, it's a joint decision. It's not, it's not one person, you know, it, it's not, it's, it's not up to the wife to, you know, to make all the decisions or, or to, you know, to, to, you know, to be in charge of this aspect of your marital life together. It really is a shared, uh, a shared decision-making and a shared discernment model. I'm glad you bring that up because too often I do have couples who come in um, to my office who have been using natural family planning and it has very much been, no, she just deals with it. That's her thing. She does the charting and tells me yes or no. And that's a really bad way to approach it. I mean, I guess there are some couples that it works for, um, but they're not thriving in the use of natural family planning. And whenever there's a difficult moment, that's when those um, failures to communicate really come out. And so I I think that is the key component that um, couples cannot approach natural family planning the way they approach the pillar and IUD. Like it's not something that the woman gets done to her so that the man can just enjoy the the benefits of it. Um, it really, you need to have the couple entering into it together or else there's all sorts of problems that can arise. Hmm. Very good. All right, let's, let's get into uh, some of the reactions that you experienced to, to NFP today. So is, is NFP, do you find from your, from your experience, do you find that NFP is something that people have heard of in the past or when you're dealing with people, is, are you essentially introducing them to it? Um, it depends really on the community, right? So we have some communities in our area, um, Catholic communities that just straight up reject natural family planning because they're in that camp that you should just let God you, you shouldn't use natural family planning because you're interfering with God's design. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those, those groups, I've definitely heard of, na- they've heard of natural family planning, but they reject it. Like, mm-hmm. and then, then you have the people 
who have never heard of natural family planning and they're getting married in this church because mom wants them to. And so they're just coming in and getting this over with. Um, and then you have Catholic couples who have heard of it and they want to use it. Um, and, and they're actually looking forward to this aspect of, of their marriage. And so I really find there's no one set kind of couple that I run into. Um, it really is dependent. Do you find that it's a, for lack of a better term, a hard sell for couples? And I'm, I'm thinking particularly for couples who are preparing for marriage. Is, is NFP a hard sell or are people open and willing to learn about it? So when I first started, I was tracking our old introduction, natural family planning introduction, and I was just kind of like from a, a data analysis standpoint. And so I was tracking it to see how many couples were actually found the information useful and wanted to learn it. And we had about 10% of the couples who were, um, who were introduced to it through that meth- through that uh, program wanted to learn natural family planning. Mm-hmm. So then I totally revamped the natural family planning and um, really hit heavy on contraceptives, right? So like the contraceptive end and all the bad things about contraceptives, because I, because I, ha- I hadn't really been discussing this with God very much. So this was my brilliant idea. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so then I found you very quickly. Keep, you just keep thinking that, Jenny. Just... <laughs> yeah, right? So then, I, so, but what happened was about 70% of the couples who were introduced to it wanted to learn natural family planning. And it was interesting because the couples who were cohabitating wanted to learn it at about 75% rate where the, the couples who weren't cohabitating wanted to learn it at about um, a 60% rate. So I, I found that very interesting. But then when I followed up with these couples, there was a very low rate of couples who actually either did go through with learning natural family planning or who were successfully using it a year into their marriage. And so I thought to myself, you know, um, maybe I need to talk to God about this a little more. And so that was when we revamped it yet again. And, in, and we, we don't even talk about contraceptives other than what are they? Um, what, what do they look like? And we changed the whole program again to really focus on humanae vitae and the theology of the body with some kind of high level biology. Um, and it's a two hour program. And I found that the couples who were coming out of that program at about a 60% rate, so a little lower than when you scare them with contraceptives, um, wanted to learn natural family planning, but the couples were going through with learning it. And those couples were more successful in learning it a year after their marriage. And so I think to answer that question in a really weird roundabout way is engaged couples are really interested in learning this once they hear the why behind it and they understand it. And I've been very encouraged by couples who are coming in who um, who are learning th- this method, these methods of natural family planning, and are doing well with them. Aside from yourself, because you already gave us your NFP success story, can you give us an example of a success story that you've had with a couple? Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of them. Um, I can think mostly of... Um, I mean, are you looking for people coming into the church or people who are having a hard time with natural family planning or didn't, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's been either a lot. Or. Either or. What, what would be a, well, talk about, talk about a couple who presents themselves for marriage, um, to the church. And again, they could be a couple, I know many people are cohabiting, many people are not. You said there was a, you know, a difference in terms of openness to NFP with those couples, but what is kind of what's from your typical 
typical group of people who come to you, do you have an example of, or an example of, of a couple that, you know, maybe didn't know about it, learned about it, and, you know, have come back to you and said, hey, Jenny, this is, this is really a wonderful thing in our marriage. Yeah. Um, so our, uh, our diocese has recently revamped um, our marriage preparation program. And we've, um, one of the key aspects to it is something called Witness to Love. So witness to love is one of the components of that is the, the engaged couple chooses their mentor couple. So the mentor couple is vetted to some degree, but um, where in a lot of dioceses and what we were doing previously is you have this stock amount of uh, approved uh, married couples who will then mentor in engaged couples. Um, We went away from that model and are allowed the engaged couple to choose a couple that they found to be inspiring that um that they wanted to emulate so i had this couple that i was working with uh who was uh engaged and they had gone through natural family planning they'd they'd been doing marriage prep for quite some time and the mentor couple attended um many of the different things with them and so we were doing they went through the natural family planning introduction and even though the mentor couple wasn't there that couple had gone back to them and said hey you know, we learned about this. It sounds really exciting. We're 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 going to try it out, and we think we've chosen a method. What do you guys use? <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out they were they were using a hormonal contraceptive, and it started this dialogue of um, between the two couples. And it turned out then that the the mentor couple then came to me later, <laughs> and we're like, so we're a little embarrassed by this, but we've been we've been using a such and such um, contraceptive, and we would like to change that. And so, not only um, did we have the engaged couple, but we also had the mentor couple then come in and start doing it. So it was it was a very that was a well one it was great from a natural family planning standpoint, and then two it was great because it really shows the power of. Um, God's design and getting these different couples together. <laughs> really? Even after a, probably a long period of time in their mm-hmm. marriage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had been a long time, yes. Yeah. How about a, um, if you have any, uh, a failure story and, and what you learned from it? I think one of the first um, failure stories that, so I had a couple um, when I had first started doing this, and, you know, they had had a tremendous amount of problems using natural family planning in regard to um, unintended pregnancies, right? So unintended pregnancies, they had been formed pretty poorly in that they weren't even aware that more than one method of natural family planning existed. Mm -hmm. Um, And also uh, they were approaching it um, very much from that's her problem and she just tells me yes or no. and what had happened was a lot of animosity had grown in between um, these two. And it had really affected, um, I think it was more so a crisis of faith for her because he had gotten so bitter. And, you know, I hadn't really pegged all of those things. Looking back on it now, I can see very quite clearly what was really happening in, in their marriage. Um, and the way that I tried to address it was I tried to address it by fixing the NFP problem. Um, but they were so far gone past the NFP problem that there was, we, we weren't at a place where we could fix it. 
And so what ended up happening is he just stopped showing up and then eventually she stopped, stopped showing up and, and I, I lost contact with them. And what I really learned was that, um, sometimes it can't be fixed with a biological kind of, you know, overview of it. There's a more spiritual component that needs to happen. And definitely in some cases there's a, there's an underlying marital issue that needs to, needs to occur. Um, and also, too, I've run into situations with pornography use in that um, that has been I've been unable to address that. Yeah, these are as you were speaking, I'm, I'm thinking that these are, as you mentioned, these are issues that go well beyond NFP. And these are I mean, we're, you know, you're probably into you know counseling issues and and, you know, it's a, it's a much bigger question than simply NFP. It really is. And I think one of the sad things about it is a lot of times these will be the people that are very vocal that NFP doesn't work. And in reality, and there are couples that I have had that have been very trying because it's a biological problem and their their marriages are solid. But a lot of people that I have that are just like NFP sucks and doesn't work. <laughs> a lot of times they have something else happening. Right. Okay, so with that, this is a this is a nice uh, segue into my next series of questions, and and I have to say that there's a little bit of uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of a personal side on this too, because the NCBC we get some of these questions, and I, and I'd like to see how you respond to it. So uh, maybe I can get some better responses to people when they contact us. Either that, or I'll just send them up to you. Say, hey, <laughs> yeah, just send them my way. It's fine. Yeah, just send, just send them up to send them up to <laughs> So here are some typical, I, I'm going to make an assumption here, some typical NFP issues or comments that that you get, I'm sure, and I know we get. So first one, how do you respond to people who claim that NFP, NFP is just too hard? Um, there is some degree of truth to that when you compare it to popping a pill or getting a device inserted into your body. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you want to just compare it to that, then I guess Yes, it's more difficult to track and chart and and discuss and pray about what you, what you should be doing. Um, on the other hand, though, there are so many negative side effects to the the other methods of of controlling pregnancy, um, spiritual, emotional, and then physical ones that pop up, you know, down the road, like cancer. Um, that you'll be dealing with either way. So like at some point you're going to be dealing with this question head on. It's just whether or not you would like to deal with it um, to start with where you can, where you can really have a better overview of what God's plan is. The other thing I would say is that it's really not that hard once you've learned it. So um, depending on the method that you're choosing, um, some of them are more I guess, time intensive for learning than others. But in reality, you're learning to just track your regular physical signs. And if you're a man, you're learning to write those things down and have a discussion with your wife um, about what your guys' intentions are. And then, you know, modeling your behavior around your intentions. And so really, most couples are up and running and like autonomous in their natural family planning use in about three to six months, three to six cycles. So if you think about three to six cycles, and you're, you're pretty much good to go with a consult every time there's a pregnancy in case your body changes. um, It's not that much. Okay, how do you respond to people who say and you, you touched on this one earlier, 
NFP doesn't work. My wife, my wife or husband, and I, we practice NFP and we now have fill in the, you know, fill in the blank, six children, seven children, whatever. How do you respond to, to, to that comment? My, my, my response is always, bring me your chart. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see what's happening. Um, Because the reality is there, there are times when the couple is not using a method properly, either because they learned poorly or they don't have good um, self-control or whatever. Um, Other times is that they were taught improperly or they learned it from Facebook. Um, That's, you will hear me beat that drum over and over again. Do not learn natural family planning from a Facebook group. Um, Or there's, there's been times when there's been um, what they would call um, method, you know, method related pregnancies, meaning that the method just didn't work. Um, I have yet to see one of those in my career, uh, but they do exist. Otherwise, the methods would be 100% effective, right? So you're talking so, about the different, like the, the Billings or the Creighton would be different. Yeah, correct. Or Marquette or whatever, whatever. It just didn't work. For some reason, the person was doing everything right. They were taught everything correctly and it just didn't work. And, um, but what I've found when couples bring me their chart is usually it's some combination of user problems and method teaching problems. So like, who knows? Um, and then you can really troubleshoot that and try and get them up and running on a different method or the same method with with better teaching, and it's helpful. Um, I have had more than one couple in that boat <laughs> in my office. Like, we this doesn't work. What are we supposed to do? This third one we get at the NCBC fairly often, and this is the one where people will say, Okay, I've got a health condition. I have um, usually it's something like uh, PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome or, or something like that. So I have this this health condition, this medical condition, and that makes NFP ineffective. How do you respond to that comment? Um, that's a tricky one because one, you have doctors telling them that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you we have get that a lot. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. have trusted physicians telling couples that no you can't use that because you have this gynecological condition the other problem is that you have method teachers who um there are methods that pcos for example makes that method ineffective but the teachers don't want to come to that reality it's a very unfortunate thing so you might have a teacher that's like no 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 you're fine you can you can still learn this method and use it effectively, even though you have that condition, um, which is a disservice to the person because those a lot of times are the ones that run into the, now I have six kids. Um, they were all in un- unintended. And and that's a disservice to that couple. Um, and so that's one real aspect of it that people run into. But when that happens, there are methods, particularly the Creighton model is designed um, for that you know, for, for couples who do have gynecological conditions Mm -hmm. and then to some extent the Billings method. And so for, uh, couples who are running into those situations, you can use the method. It can be effective. And my caveat is always it, you need to learn the method from a very experienced instructor or someone who's certified in it because it does, it's a lot more of a, a delicate thing and you're meeting fairly regularly um, before you can fully understand what's going on. So although it is possible, it is definitely more difficult for some of those couples. Right. 
And don't you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your office has a, a web page that specifically talks about PCOS, does it not? Yes, we do, because it does come up so often. PCOS is one of those emerging syndromes that many women are finding out they have. Um, a lot of times they find out after their method of NFP is not working, um, or they find out because they've got infertility. And so it is something that I do run across regularly. And even more so now, I'm starting to run across women who are like, I have an autoimmune condition and my OBGYN says that I can't use NFP, um, which is, there's very few autoimmune conditions which would affect that. But um, but it is something that I'm running into more and more. So yeah, we do try and address that right off of the website. Yeah. I'm wondering what resources would you recommend to people who have complicated medical situations, because there are people who do, and, and we hear from them, and I'm sure you do as well. But what resources are available for those people so that they can get good faith-based Catholic perspective uh, medical advice to, to help them and to help, you know, to help them use NFP methods, um, even with this medical condition? Well, I oftentimes refer people to um, NCBC for the, the ethical questions. Really, the ethical questions. A lot of times you, you have people that just want to hear what you're saying backed up, right? So I, yes. they'll say, I, I know what you're Absolutely. saying, but since my doctor says something different, I want to hear it from somebody else. And, and we so, get that, actually. On, on, and it's not just this issue, but on, on a number of issues. It, it's really interesting. And, and just kind of a, a quick aside here is, you know, we'll get people calling up, calling us up and asking really really detailed questions. And they're almost, you know, you're, you're wondering, you know, is this going to be sort of a, a, an antagonistic type of conversation? But in the end, it turns out to, well, actually, I, I just really wanted to make sure that I was getting the Catholic perspective. And I thank you very much for giving it to us. And it, it's, so we hear that. It, it, it's, it's interesting you say that because that that's a fairly common occurrence here. But anyway, I, yeah, and, I, and I, I admit I am one of those people sending those people to <laughs> you because I'm, because people do need that it's so hard nowadays with the internet um, and all these like just opinions coming at you from a million different directions to have a faithful, trustworthy um, source. So that's one thing that I do from an ethical standpoint, like, okay, you, you want to hear a backup, here's the NCBC or here's um, this particular article written from the NCBC. Right. So I, I tend to use those resources, but from um, if somebody's in my diocese, usually they end up coming to me to help get referrals out to specific doctors and specific teachers. So if somebody's coming to me with a difficult medical situation, I walk them through that and we have our own resources. And I actually have some, um, I get calls from all over the country at this point with people that'll be like, we're sending, hi, I'm father so-and-so from such and such a diocese. And I heard from another pastor. And so I, I've been getting all sorts of um, interesting calls in that regard. And it's, I've been able to try and help find local resources. The Pope Paul VI Institute um, is helpful. The St. Pope Paul VI Institute, which is out in Omaha. Um, so they're Creighton related and NAPRO technology. Um, the, in the reality of what we're dealing with right now with gynecological conditions, you really, um, you don't branch too far out of the Creighton model and NAPRO technology just simply because those that's the only real methods that have that that medically based um, treatment plans. So although all of the methods are science-based and they can all see infertility and you can see that there's a problem, they can't treat it. And that's the big distinguishing 
factor I like to make is that you need to find a method that can treat it. So I do send people to the St. Paul the St. Pope Paul the Sixth Institute. Boy, that's a hard one. <laughs> For especially since they, they they changed the name because after Paul the Sixth was canonized, so yeah. it used to be the Pope Paul the Sixth Center. Now it's I know, Center. and I still mess Thank it Paul up. But yeah, yeah, well, we do too. But actually, we um, recommend people to to them as well. So 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 good. We're on the, we're on the same page here. And actually, you know, with you know, when people hear this podcast, you may get even more. <laughs> phone calls that's or emails fine. yeah that's no big deal <laughs> that's what i do that's what that's yeah, that's what we do all right so as we as we kind of start to pull this uh to its conclusion so jenny looking looking forward how do you think the catholic church could better communicate its teaching and in fact its overall message concerning nfp in our ever increasingly secular culture um well, you know, I, I like to always give a shout out to Bishop Boyer here at my diocese in that he he says that he's behind natural family planning and he supports it financially. He supports it with prayers. He supports it with a team, you know, like, so it's not just like, yeah, 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 natural family planning is important and it, it's a thing in the church. Um, in reality, like what he's doing to try and and affect the culture within our borders is really what I would like to see other dioceses doing. Um, and not every diocese puts their resources towards a director who is in charge of these services. And I, I think that it really, a lot of that needs to start at that level because you do have really great methods and you have really great teachers out there and really great doctors out there all over the country. And it's hard for them to um, market and coordinate and teach when they don't have um, some of the avenues that we have in our diocese. So that would be the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, I think it would be really important for people to look past this organic growing movement. Um, I know that's really hard for some people because they just want to jump on this bandwagon of, oh, we can ride on the coattails of this organic sex movement um, and start promoting our methods. And then hopefully we'll teach them the church's method with it. I think what we need now is a strong voice of truth that that because the organic methods of fertility planning are um, a, a boot in the door, if you will. Yes, these are people who are already going to be open to hearing our message, but we have to be strong in saying that that you're not using this as contraceptive if you're going to use it properly and really um, hit the underlying philosophical tenets of it. Because if we ignore that part of it, we're doing a disservice to the couples. We're setting them up for some sort of failure down the road. Um, there's all different ways that that could be defined. So. I, I think anyone who does teach natural family planning, um, that's an avenue. And I would love to see all of the methods work together a little bit better. There, unfortunately, is some infighting in methods. I don't know if they're at the method level, but they're definitely at the teacher level, <laughs> where my method's better than your method, and your method, blah, it drives me crazy. Like, not every method is perfect for every couple. Like, some methods work for couples, and some methods don't, and that's every method. And so if we can start unifying, we already have evil out in the world that we're fighting. We shouldn't be fighting amongst ourselves. Right. 
And so to, to change that culture, to change the secular culture, we really need to start from a place of love within our Catholic circles in working together in unity and love. Um, because really, when, when the secular world looks at us, they have to see Christ and they have to see something different or it's just going to be, oh, look at those Catholics fighting and they say that they've got it figured out. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, as you were speaking, I'm, I'm wondering, and, I, and this, I'm going to ask you maybe an unfair question because maybe it's an unfair question, but I've heard that there are some Protestant churches that are actually starting to recognize the, the benefits of NFP and maybe more importantly, recognizing that they're support of contraception just may have been a mistake. And I'm wondering, have you heard from any uh, Protestant ministers or Protestant churches in this area? So um, I don't, I can't say on a large scale that that occurs, but anecdotally speaking, um, I, I know a woman who was um, in natural family planning training with me and, you know, you just, when you go into these trainings, you just assume everybody there is Catholic and she was not, she was Presbyterian. And so, um, that was my first, like, Oh, how did you hear about this? And it, <laughs> it was, well, you know, something just seemed wrong about the pill and my husband and I didn't want to do it. And so then we learned more about it and now we're on board. And so you've got those stories. And then I would say, uh, you know, one out of every, Ah, just a wild guess here, maybe one out of every 100 couples that contact me, both the, both parties involved are of a different denomination. I would say maybe one in every 50, one of the parties involved, you know, either the husband or the wife is of a different, different faith. So it's definitely growing from the standpoint of the couples using it. Um, I can't say for certain if, if there's any churches, you know, other Christian churches that would be willing to, to put a stake in the ground on it. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's what we're working towards. So, yes. So, and I mean, what a witness that would be if, if Christian churches as a whole would say, you know, we're going to stand up against the secular culture and, and support this. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't that be yeah. wonderful in the pro-life be, movement too? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be fantastic. Anyway, um, Jenny, we've talked a lot about NFP, but I want to give you a, an opportunity to, to just identify or, or, Talk about some of the other ethical challenges that you run into in your work or, or topics or issues that you help other people to address in their lives. What else, what else do you do in your role with the Diocese of Lansing? So um, my office also encompasses the life ministries. So in, in my office, when we say life ministries, it is things that involve life and death. So um, abortion, euthanasia. IVF, those sorts of those sorts of issues. Um, our, our social justice issues go in our Catholic Charities Department. So, in my office, if we have um, calls that I will get from pastors, are help on on addressing end of life issues with their um, with their parishioners. So that's something that that we assist in getting resources for. Also, um, I do field a lot of uh, emails and phone calls from people who are wanting to learn more about how to respectfully engage in dialogue regarding abortion. So that's been a, a bigger topic, maybe the last year, year and a half, where people are like, I know abortion is wrong, but I don't know how to articulate it when somebody comes to me and says this. Mm 
And so, um, especially like, I guess it just kind of seeming from the discussions that people have brought up with me, one of the big things they're running into in the secular world is this, um, this response that people will say, oh, well, Catholics allow abortions when um, for ectopic pregnancies and people are like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and that seems to be like a really big one I've been feeling lately. I don't know if that's just a fad or what that's going to be, but that's, that's been interesting. Um, I get a lot of couples who are contemplating IVF. Fertility is incredibly painful and infertility, I should say, infertility is incredibly painful. And so they're coming saying, you know, we're, we're really thinking about IVF or a different artificial reproductive technology, what's permissible, what's not. Um, sterilization, there are a lot of people who are, oh, just suffering and they're, you know, suffering with a pregnancy. Pregnancy is very difficult for especially women who suffer from postpartum or antepartum and, um, and uh, depression and anxiety, right? Yep. So those those couples really struggle with the church's teaching on on direct sterilization in regard to like tubal ligations and vasectomies and then infertility obviously pornography miscarriage and stillbirth all those things seem to pop up um on a fairly regular basis in my office never a boring day never um i think the kind of the biggest blessing of all of it is being able to walk with couples in their unique situations because it is not unusual for me to be working with a couple at nine o'clock in the morning who desperately want a baby desperately and then at 11 o'clock in the morning i've got a couple who will be there and be like we have had 13 unintended pregnancies in 20 years um please help us stop getting pregnant and then I'll have somebody that the next call over is, you know, my mom's in a nursing home and my sister says that um, we're not going to put her on a feeding tube when she, and you're just kind of like, whoa, like the amount of suffering that's happening in all of those situations is unique. And yet um, so very, like, so very personal. Yeah. Jeez, you should come to work for the NCBC because that sounds like a consult day for us. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Every day it's stressful sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, that no, it is, it is. But you know, hopefully we're, you know, you up in, in Lansing and us and our work here, we're hopefully helping to uh, helping people to make good ethical decisions um, concerning their health care and the and the care of others. You know that are that are one hundred percent in line with church teaching and and Christ's message to us. So, amen to that. Yeah, it's hard work, but it's it's good work, and I, I know there are, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this too. There are days you go and you are absolutely exhausted, but you're really, really just pumped up for the for the ability to do what what God has allowed you to do. Yeah, I would say more often than not. <laughs> yeah, right, absolutely. All right, Jenny Ingalls, what final words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? Oh goodness, um, I think one of the things I would like to say is that for those who are out in the field, if you will, so for those teaching natural family planning or those working with people who have um, pornography addictions or the pro-life people who are really working day in and day out to change hearts regarding abortion, it's when you present the truth, 
and you're walking with somebody, you can't let the failures destroy you, right? So I see a lot of teachers that will call and they'll say, this this couple refused to use natural family planning. I did everything I could and I, I just don't know what what's wrong with me. Or, um, you know, somebody who's a sidewalk advocate, you know, they, they thought they had a woman who wasn't going to go into the abortion clinic and just call me in tears because she went through with the abortion. And that love is amazing. And it's, it's incredible beyond what I, I can even comprehend. But I've watched people get burned out and I've watched people, um, really not do well with those things. So I think that would be my first kind of word of wisdom for those people who are inclined to get so emotionally attached to others that they, they go past where God's calling them. Hmm. And then I guess my other word of wisdom would be for, for those people who want to do something, but they don't know what they can do is that there's always an opportunity to serve in that realm, whether it's um, pro-life or whether it's natural family planning, especially now with COVID, we have all these unique like at home situations where you can, you can, <laughs> you can help by calling and doing those things. Um, reach out to your diocese or reach out to your pastor because the, a lot of times what we find is the volunteers who are currently volunteering that seem like they have everything under control those people need help too. Um, they really need assistance. And so if there's any inclination to really try and uh, work in a ministry or even set up a ministry, I had a wonderful woman call me oh, two weeks ago. And because of her life circumstance, her parish is setting up um, a stillbirth and miscarriage ministry. And it's amazing and beautiful. Um, maybe God is calling you. So talk to God about those things and where he does want, um, want you to assist and serve. Excellent. Now, only for people who live in the Diocese of Lansing. How can uh, how, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like more information about NFP or any of the other services that you offer? Well, due to COVID, I'm kind of on and off working from home. So email's right now the best way. Um, so on the diocesan webpage, there's a little forum, form, not a forum, form that goes directly to me. And it's dioceseoflansing.org forward slash NFP. And that's got my contact form on it that sends directly to my email. Um, yeah, that's the best way. That's the best way to get a hold of you. Excellent. Jenny Ingalls, thank you for joining us today on our Bioethics On Air podcast. Thanks, Joe. I really had a good time and I appreciate it. For more information on this topic and other bioethical issues, please visit our website, ncbcenter.org, and subscribe to our publications, Ethics and Medics and the National Catholic Bioethics Quarterly. The views expressed on Bioethics on Air are not necessarily those of the National Catholic Bioethics Center. If you have comments or questions about this or any of our podcasts, or if you have suggestions for future topics, please contact me, your host, Joe Zalot, at jzalot at ncbcenter.org. For archived editions of our podcasts, please go to our website, hover on the Blogs and Podcasts button, and then click Bioethics on Air. Finally, please remember that the NCBC has a 24-hour consultation service. You can contact us by phone at 215-877-2660 or by going to our website, again, ncbcenter.org, and clicking on Ask a Question. Thank you for listening, and may God's peace be with you.